Hey everyone, it's me, Allison. The episode with Michael Showalter, one of my favorite people, is about to start. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Club W. I don't know if you're like me, but I don't really know that much about wine, and I'm always embarrassed that I don't know much about wine because I feel like as a you know, person who knows stuff, some stuff at least, I should know more about that. Um, but I find it very overwhelming, and when people start talking about it, my brain just kind of tunes out because um, it just... It sounds snobby. I'm just going to say it. But here's the thing. Uh, it really doesn't have to be that difficult. And Club W is here to educate you and to make you feel like something of a connoisseur. I just joined this new wine club, Club W, and they've changed everything for me. It's easy. You just go to clubw.com. You answer six simple questions and their algorithm creates a palette profile just for you. They send wine directly to your door. It's perfectly customized to match your taste. Club W is leading the grape to glass wine revolution. They work directly with vineyards to cut out the middlemen, which saves you money. So with Club W, you get premium wine customized to your taste at a third of what you'd pay at the store. They even have a no risk 100% guarantee that you'll love what they send you. And right now Club W is offering my listeners 50% off your first order when you go to clubw.com/allison. So stop wasting time and money messing around at retail stores and start drinking wine you know you're going to love. Just go to clubw.com/allison to get 50% off your first order. That's clubw.com/allison. Okay, here is the episode. I hope you like it. And I know you will. I need to sound more resolute. I'm sure you will love it. Here we go. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in dining room studios with Michael Showalter, a man with whom I have a rich history mm-hmm. going back to my 20s. Uh, no, I, is, I I don't, like don't ask me. I don't know. Okay. But you remember that we've met before, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Vaguely. Yes. I mean, we go way back. I vaguely recall that that's true. Way back to when I worked at Time Out New York, mm-hmm. and I interviewed you And on... you sat in someone's lap. Did you sit in my lap or Michael Black's lap? Well... Or did I sit in your lap? Michael Black was on the phone. Someone sat in someone's lap. That's all I'm saying. I don't even... I mean, yes. Maybe... I think we took turns. Because my thing with interviewing is I like the intimacy of lap sitting. Right. Right now, you're in my lap. Yes. But I think the mics are picking up separate feeds. Jeff, is that true? Are we good? Even though I insisted on having him sit in my lap. It it actually makes it a lot easier for me. So if we could do all the interviews moving forward mm-hmm. in this manner, Perfect. That, that would be awesome. I think that would be great. Thank you for being so game. So and we- I'm also, my mouth and nose are touching the fu- the thing because I'm trying to, I'm trying it out. Because you're trying what? I'm trying this out. Like my whole face is touching the thing. Yeah, your nose is resting on the top of the microphone. It's more than resting. I'm pushing it against it. Okay. I'm pushing my nose in. They were originally called nose cozies. Really? Fun fact, yeah. Um, But you know how when people make out, when you watch them make out on screen or at the Palm restaurant, as I'm sad to say happened to me recently, I saw an old guy finger his date. It was horrendous. Anyway, you know when people are making out, their noses get squished? Your nose is not getting squished by the microphone. Now it is. (laughs) (laughs) Now it is. 
That sound is the sound of my nose touching the microphone. Listen. That's right. Listen. So anyway, we go. Hold wide. on, hold on, Allison. <laughs> That's my nose touching the the foam. Shh. <laughs> Good pod. Podcast history. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's like an audio Eskimo kiss from Michael mm-hmm, Showalter mm-hmm. for all the fans. To mm-hmm. them. I know. It's times like this I wish that we had video running. Maybe I'll take a, we'll do a video reenactment later. If you're game. Always game. Perfect. Always game. So well, This anyway. has been great. I guess I'll see you guys next time. Is the, is the 90 minutes, uh, we finished the 90 minutes? I feel like you don't want to be here. I, of course I want to be here. I sense that you do not. You look really Why tan. do you sense that? Uh, I've changed subjects. Um, I've been playing a lot of tennis. Have you? Mm-hmm. Every day. Now, is this because uh, tennis is your passion mm-hmm. or? Yeah. Tennis is my passion. Have you always played tennis? I played tennis when I was uh, in- a kid and then um, kind of for no particular reason, just uh, probably just the lack of availability and, and that I sort of stopped being sporty for a long time, but then started playing again about seven years ago and I'm an avid tennis player. What's your favorite stroke? Oh, I got a pretty good forehand. Hmm. My backhand is my favorite, but I do two-handed backhand. Mm-hmm. I'm a one-hander. Really? Mm-hmm. That's very uh, classic, I mm-hmm. think. I'm a one-hander. Who do you play with? I play with some friends, but I also have a guy that uh, I hit. I hit a hitting coach, they call it. You have a guy. I have a guy. And does he just um, hit balls at you and then you No, we play. Back? We play. You play. Mm-hmm. What's I, his name? I, I pay him to play me. Great. It's kind of sad. I don't think it's sad. Uh, What's his name? His name is Justin. Justin, that's a good tennis name. Mm -hmm. And he's very good. He's he kicks my my bottom. Is he good looking? He's an attractive guy. Yeah, he's an attractive guy. I feel like he would be. But do you see too much of his legs? Uh, what do you mean? Well, when I think tennis, I think short tennis. No, he wears no. He wears uh he wears very um. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Conservative? No, no, no. Um, Cargos? Not loose, but like... Relaxed. Yeah, but but, but, um, I'm thinking like fluffy, but that's not the word. Like Baggy? Baggy. Baggy. He wears baggy tennis shorts. This makes me like him all the more because I was picturing... When you said Justin and and told me the whole story, you just got a real flash of like super hairy men's legs. Okay. And I didn't, I wasn't into it. So I'm glad to know he wears baggy shorts. But let's move on to the more meaty aspects of everything. I was beginning to tell our history, but I feel like every time keep, I have, t- Tell it, tell but it. But I feel like every time I have you on the show- You tell it. I tell it. But I'll just I make agree. It, yeah, I'll make it real fast. Make it real fast. We met when I worked at Time Out in New York and I was doing interviews for PS1 and those were extremely early podcasts. They put yes. them up as podcasts. That's right. It was-, it was it also was, public radio, but they were podcasts. That's right. And we hit it off and had a really good and yet charmingly awkward repartee, mm-hmm, I would say. Mm-hmm. So we did a series of those interviews. Mm-hmm. And then you came over to my place in Brooklyn and we did some little video interviews. Mm-hmm. And um, That's when you had a live show on YouTube. Yes. Well, I had um, a web series and then I also had the Allison Rosen's Junior Best Friend YouTube show and you trudged over in the snow in and you wore the giant sunglasses and you were quite a sport it about it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. And also you've been on the podcast before and now here you are. Now, as we talk, 
It is September, but I believe you were going to come on in March and we had a date set. I'm not shaming you. I know it sounds like I'm about to. Don't brace yourself. I've become very, very hard, very unavailable. Have you? Well, is that what you were going to say? No, what I was going to say is, um, and so I got prepared for the interview and then you're like, hey, my movie, we're having a screening of it. Oh, you were going to say that. Yeah. Why don't you come to the movie? Right. You said we're, we're screening my movie at a very fancy agency. And uh, I said, okay. And I went to the screening of the movie. And at that point, the movie and all of my questions were fresh in my head. But now fast forward to now. And we're just going to have to dig through the dust of my brain to see if we can find all of that. Yeah. um, It's just been a crazy summer. Right. It's been a crazy summer. What's been going on this summer? Uh, Well, um, I had a television show on Netflix called Wet Hot American Summer. Which was uh, amazing. First day of camp. Yes. Um, and various other work related, uh, things. And, uh, I'm, I'm proud new dad and we did some traveling this summer and all kinds of stuff. It's just been a crazy summer. I didn't know you were a new dad. Well, no, I mean 16 months. I didn't know that for 16 months you've been a dad. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. you. Boy or girl. Or do Um, you keep it secret? It's a secret. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, No, I know. Okay, I saw. I, know. Okay, I saw what you okay. said. Your nose is not even touching the microphone anymore. No, I know, what happened? I know, You're not committing. I know. I know. Wow. Well, yeah. we'll just have to talk about we'll that just off talk mic. About it off mic. Can we talk about your decision to keep it secret, though? Because I don't know, it just feels weird. Because it just, feel, just feels weird. Like so, ex- the the, ch- the child has no no say in it, and I don't like that. Well, see, that's interesting because my sister had a baby, and she does not want me because i'm very loud and public with everything in my yeah. life uh but she doesn't want me to post pictures right. of the baby on instagram mm-hmm. and i don't understand why the only thing i can understand about it though is she might be feeling like well it's up to the baby to decide that's what whether... i that's exactly how i feel okay that's exactly how i feel so how is the experience of fatherhood it's though? awesome it's awesome it's fantastic Okay, you're on your computer right now. Because I'm going to show you a photograph. Oh! I don't know if I believe you, but that is a good reason to be on your computer. Oh, that is so cute! It looks like it's in Nantucket or something. It? The photo. Oh, the photo. (laughs) It. Uh, Yeah, that is uh, East Hampton. Oh. Yeah. That was this summer. We went to the Hamptons. Nice. Yeah. And how's your wife handling new motherhood? She's great. She's terrific. She's a nurse, correct? She is a trained nurse. But that not currently. Correct. No, she is currently doing nurse work. Being a mom. And, okay. And that is plenty of work for her. So how? So the movie that I saw starred Sally Field, and it is called Hello, My Name is Doris. Mm-hmm. It was so good. What's going on with the movie? The mo- and tell us a little bit about the movie. Well, I'm hoping I come. I can come on when it comes out, and we can, you know. And I would love know. that. Okay. Um, uh, the movie will be uh, released uh, in theaters uh, in March of 2016. What's next year? Sixteen. Okay, 2016. Um, the by the very reputable uh, distribution company Roadside Attractions. Mm. Um. Uh, this summer, they released uh, Love and Mercy. They had uh, Holmes, the uh, Ian McKellen film mm-hmm. about uh, Sherlock Holmes when he was old. And uh, uh, it's a 
the movie uh, yeah the movie stars Sally Field and it's a it's a laugh cry kind of movie it would was, you would you agree with that I would agree it was it was very moving and very bittersweet yeah uh and it's interesting because I'm going to my brain is reaching for something that my uh, so that my mouth can't pay off let's try hmm, it though wow it might be the other way around something's reaching for something it's not going to happen is what I'm trying to say okay but a lot of your like Stella, Wet Hot, Michael and Michael have issues is very. Um, I mean, would you slapstick is not quite the word, but like very farcical. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, farcical. Um, a million references or conventions. Absurd. Tropes. Some yes. people say absurd. Absurd. Would say absurd. But then your movies, and I'm thinking of the Baxter, mm-hmm. um, and Doris. There's this real, like, genuine, sincere, melancholy heart to it while with all the sort of... Silliness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're a deep guy. So deep. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I... I Yeah, I mean, I like... Um, th- I think f- the, the, those, those pro- other projects satisfy... Um, the like pure comedy Jones Mm -hmm. and then, um, and each one of them is, those is subtly different too, obviously with sort of Stella being like the most kind of crazily out there. And then wet hot being, I think wet hot has a lot of sweetness to it and a lot of heart, but it doesn't ever really fully embrace that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, whereas Doris, you know there's some there's some genuinely like hard to watch scenes in that movie yeah i uh you know sally field gives is just gives an amazing performance and playing this character who i identify with a lot and you you know you talk about the baxter it's a similar kind of character a kind of person who's out of step with 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 other with the rest of the world in a sense and it's a romantic story but it's sort of bittersweet and um She's uh, she's a very funny, wonderful character, but who has a lot of who's dealing with a lot of sadness and mm-hmm. a lot of pain and um, and loneliness, very lonely. Um, and uh, and it was was so great. It was so great working with her. I'm all, such a fan of hers, such an icon. And, um, you know, it was a really exciting for me to do that with her and um the movie went we went to uh, south by southwest and it was really well received and uh it's been great for me it's been amazing you said that you identify with that character a lot she's um she's uh i think we hopefully everyone will when i say i do i also mean i think everyone will she's you wouldn't think that you would because she's older and she's can can we just give the thumb i don't know how much of the plot to reveal but can we give the thumbnail sketch for the audience just so they have a sort of framework to understand what we're talking about do do you want me to do that or do you want to do it why don't you do it okay so she's uh when we meet her um she we are meeting her as she is at the funeral of her uh, elderly mother who we learned that she's basically been living with her whole life and in a house in Staten Island. And, um, she may or may not be a hoarder, hmm. which is a big, sort of a big part of the movie is like, some people think that she has a, 
a hoarding problem of she's not so sure. Um, and she becomes romantically infatuated with a younger coworker played by Max Greenfield, who it, we all know from the new girl. And, um, she's a kind of, um, fashionista sort of, she, she's an accidental fashionista. She has amazing, um, she has an amazing personal aesthetic, a very strong personal aesthetic. Mm. And, um, Max, the Max character sort of takes a liking to her and, um, antics ensue. Her strong personal aesthetic. Was that some, the specifics of it, was that something written in or was that? Oh yeah. You mean like the actual clothing choices themselves? No, but I mean, it was, there's, there's a kind of a template for this kind of a character that we all were thinking of. Right. I don't know if you're aware of Iris Apfel or or um, even like Edie from mm-hmm. from uh, Grey Gardens. Like, there's a kind of a it, it's it's a kind of a eccentricity, rag, eccent, eccentric, yeah. but a very strong, you know, mixing twenty different you know genres together, and right. um, and and it's also a kind of person who who is introverted and shy but communicates to the world through the through their clothing mm-hmm. that their clothing is the way they uh express themselves to other people so that while they may not be talkative or anything you know they 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 try to 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 um talk they they you know if they're in a, if she's in a bad mood then she'll wear a, she'll wear clothing that would express that she's in a bad mood if she's feeling you know, there's a scene where she goes into the East Village to buy a CD and she sort of dresses up like almost incognito, like mm. she's going on a secret mission or something like that. So mm. um, clothes are very important to her. And now there's a plot in there where she kind of becomes a hipster. Yes. An accidental hipster. Right. The toast of the town. Yes. Uh, is that a statement about like electropop, I suppose. No, it's a well. It's it's a statement about um, or electropunk. No, it's a statement about um, that she's searching for connectivity, and she acts sort of finds connection in the in this sort of subculture of young people that appreciate her her style. Mm-hmm. Um, only. To them, there's a sense, there's an irony about it. There's a kind of like, you know, dress like an old, like an old lady because it's cool or something. Whereas for Doris, it's just who she is. It's her authentic. Uh, she doesn't totally see it. There's no irony there for her. Right. What's your relationship with hoarding? I'm I, I'm not a hoarder, but I definitely you know have a hard time throwing things out. Mm-hmm. Often I don't. I and I like to kind of keep you know I'll endlessly like get a pair of pants sewn up or something like that. Like I don't like throwing things away. How come? I don't either. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's because it feels wasteful, but I also just sort of think that like things take on, you know, they, they, they have a certain, it gives them character somehow. If Yeah. They, you know, I mean, I have, I form emotional attachments with everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think for me, that is what it is. Okay. So let's look back on to oh. the notes that I jotted down at the time, which now have less meaning to me 
but I think we can find them. So these were some notes based on our last episode, and I wanted okay. to catch up with you and find out, okay. do you still have a cell phone addiction? You are on your phone right now. Did I say that I had a cell yes. phone addiction? Hold on. Because I... <laughs> Hold on, I'm on my cell phone, right? I'm doing this thing right now. Um, yeah, I totally have a cell phone addiction. I got it's something I, re- I want to get hypnotized to have it um, worked on. Really? Have you ever been hypnotized? Yes, I, I quit smoking that way. It totally worked. Wow. A half hour. No, it was a one hour session. And I, it worked so much that I don't even know when it was. It was like a couple of years ago. But it's like usually when someone smokes, they can tell, quit smoking. They can tell you exactly how many days they haven't had a say. I, it, it was like, it, it was like it, it removed all of it from my, and I smoked for a long time. I know. And it just removed it from me. It's crazy. You have, you don't have any, what's your, like if you, I have see someone t- smoking what happens now. it's it's ambivalence it's wow. ambivalence as it used to be oh god i what i wouldn't give to smoke a cigarette mm-hmm. right now like oh god the smell of it da, da, da. and now it's just like oh whatever i it's just ambivalent i don't even half the time i wouldn't even notice if someone near me is smoking um do you remember what happened in the session yes do tell um she uh, we went in there and we sort of we talked. We talked a little bit about my smoking habits. How much did you smoke? Blah blah blah. Why? Da da da. And then she said, "Okay, well, let's you know, let's go. We'll do the hypnosis now." She did a little bit of like follow my hand stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my attitude was like, "I'm not gonna poo poo this. I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this." So I was trying to be a participant. Had someone that. recommended this to you? Or what made you seek it out? I knew, I mean, yeah, I think someone had told me that she was good. Uh-huh. I think someone had told me she was good. And so um, I should say her name. Maybe yeah. other people, right? I can yeah, say, go uh, for right? it. Do don't, it. don't you think that that's a, like, she would probably appreciate that, I do right? think so. Um, I have to look on my phone in order to I know, that. I know. It's weird. Her name's written on a cigarette. Contacts. I have to go into my contacts. Okay, good. Yeah, talk it out. It's a podcast. People like to know what you're doing. I'm currently... In your contacts. Wow, there's a lot of famous people in here. In really? My a lot of famous people in my contacts. Hypnotist. Search. No results. Hmm. Okay, hold on. Ah, here we go. Okay. Her name is Sarah... Lavelle. Spell the last name, please. Uh, I believe it is spelled L A V E L L E. And okay. her first name is S is spelled S E R A. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um she but see now I'm worried if I now if I give away her 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 thing. Is oh, that the a trick? Well, it no, wasn't a trick. But is she? You it's, didn't sign it's an real. NDA, right? I don't know. I think no. you're fine. Okay. So she, so so she says. Uh, you said we do this for a little while, and she says, "Okay, now close your eyes." And she was like, um, getting very nonsensical. So she, so she'd say like one plus one equals two, but two plus five equals what? Like like two plus five equals potato. It was like really weird. That does sound weird. It was like she was like scrambling my brain. Mm-hmm. And then she was and then she started talking weird like she would be like, "Ah, uh, well, 
like she was slowing down uh-huh. her own voice. This is so not at all what I expected. I'm fascinated. And I was like, had my eyes closed. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like, this is weird and definitely not working. <laughs> um, I'm awake. I'm hearing everything she's doing. Does she think I don't know that's what she's doing? Right. Like, like does she think I don't know that she's f- faking, slowing down her voice or something? <laughs> um, and then she was like, imagining, telling me to imagine that I was, uh, this is pretty intense. Maybe not, NS, maybe slightly NSFW. That's fine. That I was filling up this... a grave with cigarette butts. I feel like that's SFW. Okay. Um, that I was, she was like, imagine that you're filling a grave with uh, with cigarette butts. And then she said, um, when you, like, when you, when I, when this is over, you will have no desire. I mean, it was very, like, goofy. Mm-hmm no desire <laughs> you know to smoke blah, blah, blah. so then she then she goes okay open your eyes and she open your eyes she goes how long do you think that was what we just did and my honest answer was that potato I, no my honest <laughs> yes and i and then i looked in the mirror and i was like a crab <laughs> um no uh my honest answer was five five minutes you thought that whole th- oh wow i thought it i thought it took five minutes mm-hmm. But I, but I thought it was a trick question, so I said ten, mm-hmm. and she said forty-five minutes. Oh wow, wow! And that I thought was pretty interesting. And then um, I, the next, and she said, "Look, the next thirty-six hours could be hard, or seventy-two hours. I think she said thirty-six is hard because you're literally the next thirty-six hours or seventy-two is actual physical withdrawal." Mm-hmm. So you may feel irritability and da, da 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 for the next 72 hours. That's physical withdrawal. But the mental part we've dealt with. And um, I remember that, and I was, again, I have to reiterate, a very serious smoker. I did not believe it was possible for me to quit smoking. How much did you smoke before? I smoked over a pack a day. Mm. Um, and And loved it. I mean, I loved smoking. Um, I just knew it was terrible for me. And, you know, um, I was, I remember where I was at a party or a, a, a barbecue um, less than a week after the hypnotism had taken, had occurred. I was at a bar, an outdoor barbecue. And um, I noticed at one point that there was a group of people outside in a in like one little area and that that many of them were smoking cigarettes what i realized is is that they had been in that area smoking cigarettes for a while and i hadn't noticed it and when i when that happened i realized something really serious had happened in the hypnotism because i'd quit smoking one other one time before that for five years and not a second went by that i didn't think about Mm. smoking you know in that whole five years you know I didn't have one moment of like freedom. It was all like, uh, like white knuckling. It was the whole all time. like, I'm, I'm a non-smoker, but I hate it. And like, I'd give anything for a cigarette. And this was total ambivalence. Like, Oh, there's a bunch of people smoking a cigarette. And it's like, I have no relationship to it. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. That's really neat. So I, I feel like, you know, it makes me believe that through hypnotism, there's other things could be achieved. And so I'm thinking maybe I'll go to a hypnotist and, have my cell phone addiction worked on. 
you hit your home screen as you were saying that. Because I wanted to point to you to point at it to say like this this thing. Right. I'm like you know I I text sometimes in the car. I do that too, and I know that's terrible. It's just so easy. It's it's not acceptable. I know. You know, I do it, and it's not acceptable. Now, people will say, put your phone in the trunk, and I have all the reasons why I can't do that. What about GPS? That's right. That's the main one. So then I'm like, well, then I'll just get a GPS. I'll just get a GPS. Do you use Waze, though? You know, there should just be Waze-branded GPS devices. Yeah. Um. I do use Waze, but I don't need, I mean, I mostly just use regular whatever. Right. Um, that's the main thing. And, and also, you know, like phone, talking on the phone or whatever, but like, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. So another thing that you talked about when you were last on the show was feeling like you're behind where you should be in life or where you should be based on your chronological age, but wishing you could just be accepting of any stage. Mm. Is that something that I you said s- that? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I don't feel that way as much anymore. Is it California living? Is it the tennis? Is it the, the baby? I mean, it's been a crazy couple of years. It's been a very, very um, eventful mm-hmm. couple of years. And so I feel like I've caught up a little bit okay. to some of that stuff. I feel that. Like you had some career frustration that you don't anymore? Yeah, that's. I would. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I wouldn't say frustration per se as much as um, just that I was not uh, – I was somewhat on the outside looking in and was sort of okay with that mm-hmm. um, but but made a decision to like go kind of, you know, go for it or, or, I, or, or as I say, drink water from the well. I've not been drinking water from the well. I've been drinking water from like the 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 creek. And, and now I just you're said, drinking I'm, from the well. I've been drinking water from the well. Um, I, have, I have like a bucket. I have like I know how to do. You know, like I've been going to the well and pouring myself a bucket of water and I drink it. I'd be the worst interviewer in the entire universe if I moved on and didn't ask you to explain what that actually means. So let's explain that. You know what it means. I think I do. Was the creek living in New York and the creek was living in New York and being and like and being kind of like alternative. Oh, you were decidedly alternative. Well, I mean, and I wanted no, I mean, I wanted those things. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed all that. It was like it was a kind of a, you know, like living in Brooklyn and like not really totally, you know, having a lot of, you know, money or work, mm-hmm. you know, was romantic in a sense. Yeah. And I did it for a really long time and it was great. Um, but, but, it, but it being it became harder and harder to get work. Did you judge the well? Is the well Hollywood? The well is, yeah, the well is, is yes. The well is, is California, is LA. Okay. The well is LA. The well is LA. Did I judge it? Yes, but 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 like mostly just because I wanted to to I mean I I I yeah, I judged it. I judged it. I judged it um like that's where sellouts go? No, never that. Never sellouts. But 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 because I know better than than that, mm-hmm. um, but but more just that's not who I am. Right. It was more just like I'm not that guy. Um, and 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 in a, and in a lot of ways I'm not. 
Like, like you're not mainstream Hollywood guy. There was that, but then there was also like I don't like the weather here. Yeah, I mean, well, it sucks. Uh, the, like, like it was, it, it wasn't just I'm not mainstream Hollywood guy, but it was also just like I can't see myself living in California. For those who don't know, when I first met you, I was pro Manhattan, and you were like you've been in love with Brooklyn, and I ultimately fell in love with Brooklyn. There's a lot to love there, but you like Brooklyn was in your blood. Yes, it might still be. It, oh, definitely, yeah. of course. No, that's that will always be like where my heart is is there. Um, but but no, I I I think that the 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 L A thing was more just like wishing that there was another way to have the kind of success without having to come out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's mostly because of weather. Right. Honestly, for me, it's mostly has to do with weather. I so relate. Like, I if 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 there could just be like cold weather here every once in a while, and a and a and a and a snowflake and a and a and like a brown leaf and a where are you with the sun i don't need it i prefer overcast yeah well because there are there's a whole, oh, whole no, swath I mean, of people who like i like it when it's sunny but cold and i'm like i like it when it's cold and not sunny i like that too i like it when it's sunny and it's cold i mean like i have like like a cold like those like really cold days in fall when mm-hmm. it but it, when it's also sunny yeah like you go like football weather, like perfect football weather is like, it's like 37 degrees, but sunny, you know? And so it's like weirdly warm and cold at the same time. Right. Um, but, but so yeah, there was, I think there was, there was a lot of just like kicking and screaming. I don't want to go. Like I want, I don't want to go. I'm, I want to, you know, because when I started out in this in the biz, you, you didn't. My observation is that it is harder to 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 have a career in New York now than it used to be. There were yes. more people that you, it was more of a like fifty fifty thing. You know, like you 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 could go to New York or you could do Los, like there were you could do both, right? And you could make the choice in comedy. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, I may not be obviously if you want to go be a Broadway actor or, you know, or a very se- seems like a lot of the serious actors, you know, but if you want to like do comedy more and more, like everyone lives in L.A. It the whole industry. That, li- yes, it does seem like it moved. It moved. But is it, it, it starting, literally moved? Is it going back to New York, though? Because I feel like just lately I've started hearing. Not maybe not comedy, but I've started hearing about all these shows that are shot shooting in New York. In New York. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if yeah, may, may, or maybe they're like blending together more. I don't know. So, are you here fully now? I you, live here. Yeah. You guys owned or still own? We're selling it. You are because mm-hmm. you had a tenant and everything. Yeah, we're selling it. So you're fully you're committed to here. Yeah. I imagine with a child here, here being L.A. is easier. Yes. Are you okay with leaving Brooklyn? Yeah. I all, miss all, it. All things, all, th- you know, things, it doesn't, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, it, this is where I need to be. Yeah. That I, I have no misgivings about that. This is definitely where I need to be. And, uh, it's great. Like one, the work, the work aspect of it is great. It's actually, it's one thing that I think I was wrong about it is, is it's a it's a hardcore working town. Mm-hmm. It's a much more my experience of it is is that it's a much more work. 
it is much more of 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 a work work environment like work intensive everyone's just working which is what people think of new york actually right and it's it's not true in new york it's much more like the work social thing is is very wound up together whereas in la everyone's just here working right everyone's working and that actually suits me very well because i'm not a social person and so i like the whole like you know taking meetings and like the sort of way in which working and socializing is the same Mm -hmm. that actually works very well for me so i like the people i like the work environment i like um there's element there's aspects of the city that i that i that i like quite a bit um i just miss the changing of the seasons a lot yeah and i a little bit miss just the um the culture of the East Coast. It's where I'm from. Right. Your family is still back there, right? Yeah. Do like you, like the Southern California culture is is just very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting it's just taking some getting used to. You came out here initially to write on a show? That's correct. Um Super Fun Night. Right. Which is no longer. Correct. Right. Um so you came out here temporarily. So but- no, I, I I I came out here. That was I want. I had made the decision that I wanted to try living in L.A. Right. And um, be- because for all the reasons we've just talked about, which is that I really felt like my uh, for my career, it was probably the best the best thing for me to do because I so many of my colleagues, um, your, yourself included. Thank had you. had moved out here and and seemed to be doing really well, and so I I thought it, I I I f- began to feel that it was an inevitable thing, and so I was looking for a uh, was looking for a job so that I could have a job and come out here and and this this uh, this opportunity came up and it seemed like for a bunch of reasons like the right thing to do, and so I like packed up my bags and moved out here for me my life and career and everything like improved because I was very anxious and frustrated and felt like I was sort of holding still at the end of my tenure in New York, even though I wasn't ready to move back. Um, but when I came out here, things happened so quickly, including meeting the man who became my husband that I was like, this was definitely the right move for me, even though my heart is still That's in, how I feel. in Brooklyn. And I do find, I've said this before, like it's easier to have a balanced life here for me, because uh-huh. um, all I did was think about work and comparing myself to other people yes. and feeling like yes. it's not happening yes. and like yes. essentially it's, whether like mentally and physically just pacing my apartment. It's, it's I, I find that the, the East Coast, I'll say this about the East Coast in general, feels more hierarchical yes. to me. And I don't like that at all. That's something I don't like about the East Coast is there's a hierarchy and there's a social hierarchy. There's an economic hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cultural hierarchy. Um, you do, I don't, I don't see that here as much. And if there is, it's like, no one cares, you know, like whoever's living in the giant mansion, like no one cares. Right. right. Um, but in New York, you're like the person that has the like unbelievable, perfect brownstone right on central park. You're mm-hmm. like, I want to, I'm so jealous of that person. Yeah. Because everyone else lives in squalor. Yes. 
yeah. everyone in out here is comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything is it's so dense there that it's impossible not to always compare yourself to everyone else. Yeah. It's just there's just a little more room. See, who's looking at their phone? I'm looking at my phone who's, because who, of you and me, which one of us right now has is like can't can't stop looking at their phone. Well, my but because my notes that I took from What happened to your finger? Oh, um uh my skin is a little bit irritated and kind of peely and um it well, okay. Here's the thing. Wow, I really, you really, I really opened a can of worms. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, I've been getting gel manicures, which is a, not a thing that I. I mean, that's drinking from the well for me. And to remove, what they don't do that, but they do that in New York. They but do I gel. know they do, but Allison doesn't. Okay, didn't. What does she do? What does Allison do? Nothing. She did nothing. She doesn't do manicures at all. No, I was not a nail person. I mean, when I a long time ago I was, and then I played guitar in a band for a long time, and during that time you have to have short nails. And then I was like, I'm just That's not true at all. You have to have guitar short nails. Guitar players have long nails. Acoustic guitar players have long nails on one hand. But on the uh, fretboard oh, hand. Oh, true, true. Okay, yeah. true. So you're I didn't know you're a guitar player. Well, I don't know that I am anymore. Okay, it's been right. so long. Okay. But yes, yes okay. I am. Uh, and then I just, I'm not a person who enjoys having other people fuck around with her hands or her toes. But so anyway, I've kind of gotten into this thing lately though, where I have been getting them, but to remove the gel, they have to soak your fingernails in chemicals for a while and they put foil around it and then they like chip it off. And and it irritated your fingers. And so, and because it is uncomfortable, uh, it just feels uncomfortable and like dry. I put a bandaid on it to protect it. Okay. I know. No. It was more than you bargained no, for. No, it wasn't. It was okay. less than I bargained for. Oh, really? Oh, good. Wonderful. Anyway, though, the reason I'm looking at my phone is because this is where I jotted down the notes from when you okay. were going to come on last time. Okay. Just a couple more things from this, okay. and then we'll get into uh, we'll get into the listener-submitted questions. Okay. And we haven't talked about Wet Hot yet, okay. and I'm sure that the listeners are like, why aren't you talking about that? I don't care about that, because we got some questions about mm-hmm. that, so we'll get mm-hmm. to that. Now... Mm-hmm. We talked about tropes and conventions, mm. and you said that they are shortcuts. Mm. Um, but here is my question from way back when. Yes. Can they be used as shortcuts if you're doing something serious, or do you just feel in comedy they're shortcuts? Oh, no. They're everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Tropes are everywhere. I mean, your use of them. Oh, could I use a trope in a drama? Yeah, myself. Because hmm. to me, when to me, your use of tropes as an audience, you sort of it's. No, I would never okay. use a trope it, like in Doris, for example. Uh, but there are, there are. It's different. There's no genre parody in Doris. Right. Yeah, because genre parody, like parody, is comedy. Mm-hmm. So. Because it's if, winking. Yes. You're, 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 so it would be very hard to really, um, but you know, that being said, I mean, it, it, because the whole thing about the, the, the genre parody and that stuff, the mocking of conventions and stuff is that it breaks the fourth wall. Right. And so you would, you would, you would have, it would be hard to do that. And it, it, for me, it would be hard to do that, but you see it. I mean, you see tropes in dramas all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. But the parody of them. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Did you watch a ton of television and read a ton when you were younger? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mostly watched a lot ton of television. Mm-hmm. I mean, movies and TV, I watched I watched unbelievable amounts of I've seen every movie pre that pre nineteen ninety two, I've seen every movie ever made, just about. Like and... I've seen old movies, six fifties, sixties, forties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Because that was when we were, I was talking to somebody about this and I actually got nostalgic for it, which is funny because I would have never thought at the time you would, this is something you'll get nostalgic for was the video store. I'd go to the video store on a Friday and rent seven movies mm-hmm. and watch them all. Yeah. I missed that was always like, and the, make and the, a blockbuster night. Exactly. And the thing of it too is, is because you, you, it wasn't because like I loved movies so much, although I did love movies, but was but you didn't have the options. You didn't have all these channels to choose from. Right. And so I watched an enormous amount of movies mostly because I had no other source of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so it was sort of by default. And I literally just would go to Blockbuster and be like, what haven't I seen? I've seen everything. I'm running out of things I haven't seen. So it was like, you know, okay, I'll watch this. This looks interesting. So I saw a lot of movies. Saw a lot of movies. What are you working on now? I am working on a television show that's going to shoot in New York. Uh, that I am uh, a a uh, co creator of the show and I a uh, an executive producer on the show. Um, uh, I can't I can't say anything else about it. This is, hasn't it hasn't been like announced announced. Okay, in the trades. So you can't say who you're working on it with uh-uh. or anything. Uh-uh. Okay. I know. Well, I'm sorry. That's yeah, okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm glad to know and that. And then um, I'm also uh, hoping to be directing another movie soon, which I also can't talk about because it hasn't been announced yet in the trades. I mean, this would be a great place to announce it, this podcast trade. Um, <laughs> there should be a trade uh, podcast. There should there be. There probably right. is one. There probably is one. Um, what What can I talk about? What am I working on next that I can talk about? I've been directing some uh, episodic television, which is fun for me. I what just shows? Well, I just directed an episode of uh, Grace and Frankie, which is a Netflix show that stars Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Oh, nice. I, so I just worked with uh, um, Jane, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, the other two regular cast members, Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston. Oh, wow. So it was like kind of crazy. Do you ever get intimidated? Uh, yeah, definitely. When you're working with people like that, um, very intimidating. Uh, you know that I had the experience of working with Sally Field, so it was a similar kind of thing of like walking up to these actors who are. You look at their the work they've done. It's it's you know Hall of Fame. You know it's they've they've made the movies that that we study now right. and um, and. Uh, they're like real Hollywood stars. Um, and I have so much respect for them and walking up to them to, you know, give an acting note or whatever. And it's like, you're walking off the plank of a pirate ship. <laughs> like as I, as I'm walking up to Jane Fonda to, to, to tell her, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, and by the way, I would never myself think to tell her something, but maybe the producer said, Hey Mike, would you ask her to? Right. Um, but uh, delightful delightful all of them all of all of them were delightful and uh you know brilliant and and generous and 
uh, it was a fantastic experience. Let's take some questions that people sent in over Twitter. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay. Matt Burns says, ask Showalter anything about the writing process when it comes to the new Wet Hot series, how long it took, etc. I'm fascinated. I would say how long it took to me might be not the most interesting question there, but let's answer it. Well, we, we, um, we. No offense, Matt Burns. Uh, it took, it was fast. We wrote the show pretty fast. And that was because we, we, we had a time a deadline of like we had to finish the whole thing so that it could be released for the summer and so how how did it happen that it ended up on Netflix like what was the genesis We went of to Netflix this? we okay. went to them and said we want to do this would you be interested in having it and that so that's what we pitched it to them Why Netflix as opposed to another place Because they the, because Netflix is so outside the box and mm-hmm. that's just what we needed we needed a place that did had no rules that had no like prescription for you, you know, well, this is how we do it. We do it, you know, you can't go to, you can't really go to a major network and be like, we want to do eight episodes and that's it. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and we also don't want to make a pilot and we don't want to go through the same, you know, we don't want to be put through the same kind of development process. And also these actors probably aren't going to commit to doing it unless it's something weird like this. And so there were all these reasons why Netflix made the most sense. Um, and they have a great reputation and all of those things. And they, they, they had started to establish this really interesting new model for what they were doing. And, um, we were, you know, that just seemed like a perfect fit. And so we, we pitched them the show. And did they say yes immediately? Yes. And it wasn't like, you know, it, it was like it was, but it wasn't like, you know, balloons fell from the sky. It was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, like a, a soft yes. It, it was like a, thing? it was like a, yeah, that, that, that could be cool. Yeah. You know, mm. I don't think, and they probably would, will, t- may, they'll tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think they, I don't think they really, it's not that I want to say believed, but I don't think that they expected that every single cast member would actually come back and do the show. Mm. I think they were like, yeah, they'll get a few of them. Did you know that? I, oh yeah, we weren't going to do it any other way. Right. Um, so we, we were like, when we said everyone's come, coming back to do the show, we meant it. We were, we had already talked to them and we already knew they were going to come back to do the show. Had you been wanting to do, at one point, did you think of making a, a movie, another movie? Yeah, we had, we had, we were, we were actually making, we were working on that mm-hmm. and, and, um, uh, and but then the Netflix idea came up, and that just seemed like a better idea. So we went in that went for that instead. Were you surprised by how well it was received? Yeah, very, very. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, such a strange, like uh, you know, one eighty. I mean, the whole thing is like very, you know, very. It's a very strange thing because the narrative of the whole thing now has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, how so? Well, now it's, 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 I think it feels like it's a success and before it wasn't. And so like the narrative is, it flipped the narrative to like the, the, uh, the whole thing is now like 
got a veneer of success to it. Whereas before it was, it was like a noble failure, but now the early project is sort of just a prelude to the other thing. It's, it's weird. I didn't know you regarded it as a noble failure or you feel like it was because it didn't do well financially or because critically it would always no, it was, was well received, right? No. Oh, really? Oh, no. Oh, look, was... I've been affected by the veneer. Oh, my God. It was horribly reviewed. Oh, really? Horribly reviewed. Oh, wow. So Horrible. it was always just a cult favorite. It was always a cult thing. And it was a it was a crushing disappointment for me. I didn't realize. It was a crushing disappointment. Oh, yeah. it was like, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was horrible. How did you sort of come to understand that to yourself? Did you feel like it was just too smart? for people no i i just assumed it it didn't connect no i didn't i never like saw that it felt like well you don't get it you're stupid it was more just like i'm stupid i took it on myself Mm -hmm. i there's you know i'm what am i not doing right right because because this is meant to be enjoyed by everybody or it's meant to be enjoyed by most people like this this is the thing that i've thought about recently which is the movies that I loved when I was a kid um, are very similar in a lot of ways to Wet Hot. Mm-hmm. Monty Python movies, early Woody Allen comedies, early Steve Martin comedies. Um, very absurd, very out there, very like, you know, um, kind of unconventional and stupid and, and esoteric and all these different things that, that were what our movie was. But those movies are celebrated and loved and Wet Hot was, was, was hated when it first came out. And so I was like, what is the disconnect here? That's so interesting. I just had no idea that's how you saw it. Yeah. And so I, I felt like I, there's something I'm not doing. There's something I'm – and then we had the same experience with Stella and the state. And, you know, you know. The state you felt that way about Oh, yeah. Too? Oh, yeah. The wow. state The state had the same response too when the state first came out. Um, which was like, what is this? This is horrible. You know, it wasn't just negative. It was hateful. Mm -hmm. Um, or at least it felt that way to us. Um, and so it was this feeling of what am I not, what, what is it? What is, what am I doing? That's not connecting, um, with an audience, with the audience. And somehow with this one, it was this sort of like, you know, I don't know what, what, I don't know what, weird chemistry is that happens that makes it suddenly like oh we get it now and we like it Mm -hmm. but that's what happened on this what um what which of your are there any of your past projects that you did feel like were successes um the state was successful but then we like ruined it because we we like left Mm -hmm. but the state was was successful on mtv so it was just at the beginning that you felt like it was a failure. Um, right. Exactly. The first season, the first, the first wave of reviews were very negative, mm-hmm. but that kind of set the weirdly like set the tone for the rest of it. It was like, you know, the, like it was this feeling of like, no one gets me, you know, I'm misunderstood. We're misunderstood. We're yeah. doing this thing that like there, that our generation likes, but the, but the critics don't. Mm hmm. When it comes to or came to writing the Netflix series, how do you and David do it? Do you trade off or do you both work on? No, we have it. We had a writing staff. Okay. 
and um, we, 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 we did it in the way the a writing staff would do it, where we have, you know, a big room of people and we're all throwing ideas around and, um, you know, guiding, we're guiding that process, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like, you know, ow, cramp in my leg. Um, it isn't like, you know, me and David sitting at a computer together, like each one of us with one hand on the keyboard. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a much more, uh, it's much more of a, of a kind of a group thing than that. And we're, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not in a room together like inventing it all it's, mm. it's 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 much more like the world exists and we're trying to and we're bringing other people into the creative process and um we have a lot of we had a lot going in in terms of what we knew we wanted to do but it wasn't it, it it's not it's not like a coen brothers kind of thing right okay let's move on Richard Ewald says, what was it like growing up with literary educators as parents? How did they influence the writer that you are now? Yeah, my parents are both uh, college professors. I grew up in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, I mean, I think that we, you know, it was, it helped, it, it influenced me in that I think I saw a lot of movies, plays, things like that always liked it i was you know i have a sister and and she's she went into the political sphere um i always from a very young age really liked theater and and movies and stuff but also hearing them talk about it critical thinking analytical thinking you're a semiotics major deconstruction that kind of thing those were the kinds of conversations we would have after we'd see a movie we would all talk about what it meant and what you know what, what you know what the what the subtexts were and all the, you know, the levels of, of the discoursing that was going on. And so I always had a very kind of, uh, I think that helped me to to think of things differently, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not to sound like a grandma, but I don't know if young people do that with art so much anymore. I mean, maybe it depends. I would hope that in school, they're still teaching people how to sort of find themes and, uh, unpack stuff but i don't know something made recently made me realize that i i wish i could remember what it was i saw something maybe something on instagram and i was like oh i don't think people know how to view stuff critically i don't mean i don't know that they totally did then either i mean like it's you know it's never we always look back and think oh it was better before you're right that's what i mean about the 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 uh renting the videos it's like when we were renting videos at whether it was Blockbuster, but even, you know, like there was one, called, you know, Hollywood video. Mm-hmm. There was in my town, there was one called Hollywood video. And I do look back on that and I have a lot of like nostalgia for it because in a way I think I saw a bunch of crazy movies that way. But my parents were like, well, when we were kids, we would go to the, you <laughs> yeah. know, we would go to the local movie theater and that whole like, you know, the double feature and da, 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 da. And it's like our kids will have some version of that, too. I'm sure. Cy Cookson says Stella was one of the funniest shows. Any chance of it coming back? Uh, David and Michael and I, all three are very enthusiastic about doing something someday when whenever the time and place is right okay mitch kappa says if you could have 50 million people see slash hear slash read one of your projects which would you pick doris 
Doris because that's the one that's coming out. But but that I feel like Doris is a is a is a a big step forward mm-hmm. for me. Um, or, or, or it's a big step into a new arena, I should say, I won't say forward, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a new, it's a kind as we were just saying, it's a, it's a comedy, but it's also got this very, very serious side to it. And so it's just exciting. It's an exciting new direction for me. So I'm, I'm excited for, for people to see it. And, and, and Sally Field again is such a hero and of mine and, and was so wonderful to work with her. And I want people to see her performance because I think she gives a really memorable, heartbreaking performance i agree let's do just me or everyone sometimes i ponder on something i have thought or done is it just me or everyone chris smillich says you don't hear the term panty waste anymore it must have been replaced by douchebag which is a lot better term Douchebag has really held the public's fascination for a long time. I feel like it's time for douchebag to have its comeuppance. I think you still do hear panty waste. Uh, The insults in Wet Hot were one of my favorite things in the series. There were so many favorite things, but so many giggles just from um, butt fart and stuff. Wait, what am I supposed to say? You're supposed to say whether you agree that you don't hear the term panty waste. Uh, I've never heard that term, I don't think. Okay. Micah Zilla says... Just mirror everyone. I manually move my turn signal super up and down, really fast or slow, but never check if I'm tricking anyone. Um, no, I never do. I've never done that. I've never manually moved it up and down. What? <laughs> Did you say what? Moved what up and down? The turn signal. How else are you going to... No, I mean, I turn... I, sorry. She goes... She like... Uh, manually goes up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down to simulate. I see. I yeah. see. I see. I've never done that. Okay. That's just you, Mike Azilla. Marcus Angstrom says, the phrase pleaded guilty doesn't sound right and bothers me when I hear it. I feel like it should be pled guilty. Just me or everyone. Yes. I always get that one wrong. Is is it it's, not? It's pleaded guilty? It's. Pl- I think. Pled isn't a word. That is what I think, although now it's making me wonder if I looked it up once and both are correct. This is like uh, runs batted in, you know, the whole, this whole thing, RBI. I oh. so, so like in baseball, when you get, when you hit, when you're at bat and there's someone else on base and you get a hit and they score, mm-hmm. that's called a run, uh, that's called a run batted in. So um, if, if you've had a hundred runs batted in, that would be called a hundred RBI, but for many years they would say a hundred RBIs, runs batted ins. Right, but so for some reason, for some reason, people didn't like when you say he has a hundred RBI. Right, they'd say he has a hundred RBIs. They have to make it plural, yeah. But it's really a hundred RBI, which sounds weird. Right, but it's correct, and so they started saying that way. Well, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. According to the internet, pleaded is the standard past tense and past participle of the verb plea. So pled doesn't exist? Yeah, it's, it's not a word, a word, but it's, it but really it's, in, be. it's in very common usage. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. James Leroy Wilson says, if I can get what I want from the vending machine with just the change in my pocket and no dollar bills, I feel like it's free. I don't have that specifically with vending machines, but I will say 
paying for anything with change does feel like it's free because change is just something heavy in your wallet that I'd rather throw out. Say that one again. Okay. If I can get what I want from the vending machine with just the change in my pocket and no dollar bills, I feel like it's free. Oh, uh-huh. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Becky says, just mirror everyone. Chips Ahoy cookies tasted better when I was a kid in the 70s and 80s. They were better then. I won't even buy them anymore. I don't have a memory of Chips Ahoy, but I would put Chips Ahoy right up there with things that taste like cardboard and aren't They're worth terrible. it. They're terrible. Yeah. They've never been good. Okay. They've never been good. See? Although I nostalgia. Did, yeah. Well, I did eat them a lot when I was a kid, but they've never actually been that good. Oreos are good. Okay. Oreos taste good. I went through a long phase of not liking Oreos. In fact, I think I'm still kind of there, but... I don't know how recently I had one. At some point, I was like, oh, maybe I was maybe I was a little hasty with my uh, dismissal of Oreos. I just find them to be dry. I don't like that chocolatey flavor. Is your argument going to be they're good in milk? Well, they're definitely good in milk. But you like them plain as well. Mm-hmm. I like the, blonde, the golden Oreos. Mm, I've never had one. Oh, they're not bad. Scott Hatherley says, all things equal, a car with a vanity plate versus regular plate seems like an invitation for theft or vandalism. I think it's more... Do you have a vanity plate? No. Okay. I think it's more like I just sort of judge the vanity plate person as I don't know what. Something slightly... There's something... Sl- I have a f- sort of negative connotation with your vanity plate. I feel like that's very much a California thing because you see a ton of them out here. But when you would see them on the East Coast, you thought the person was a total maniac. Right. Because they weren't common. You really had to go out of your way to get it. But everybody has them out here. Yeah. They do. Everyone everyone has them out here. Yeah, There's see a, a lot. lot, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Val Perkins says, just me or everyone, never seem to remember to use the foot pedal on my trash can. Nope. I use that thing all the time. You? Foot pedal, trash can? Mm-hmm. Do you use it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you? I do. Yeah. I do. Nina oh, yeah. Torino says, oh, speaking of not appreciating change, I vacuum or sweep up a penny because it's easier than picking it up. And I mean, really, it's a penny. Um, I think I wouldn't vacuum it up because... Though it makes a delightful sound, I would worry that it's bad for the vacuum. But I get the not prizing pennies. Well, I'm a big bully. I'm a big find a penny, pick it up, then all day you'll have good luck. Person. Are you? Mm-hmm. Are you superstitious in general? I have a few. What other ones? Thirteen is unlucky. I don't like that number. Step on crack. I'm all of those things. I don't like to step on a crack. Yeah, I'm all those things. Yeah. Um, I also I think my main one is my mom. Used to open umbrellas indoors. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm, I was like, "What are you doing? I'm, you are tempting I'm actually fate. just every common superstition I avoid. I do too, even though I don't think of myself as someone who really believes in it. Yeah. But I feel like, why take the like? I wouldn't yeah. walk under a ladder. No. Uh, when a black cat crosses my path, I don't feel good about it. No. You, even though you love cats, you don't like a black cat no, crossing I, your path. It's not the cat that I don't like. It's the it's the, the passage. Yeah. <laughs> It's the, like I'm exactly. not like I'm not like go kill that cat. It's nothing to do with well, the I'm cat. I'm not either. It's it's like I don't mind ladders either, but I'm not going to walk under one. Exactly. I know that uh, I went umbrella shopping with my mother. That was a real hard. It was a real hard episode. Oh, because you had to try them out on the. In the I store. didn't. I just witnessed her in the store opening umbrellas, opening one after another after another. Wow. And then it, it did make me realize, though, 
when I buy an umbrella, I do it pretty sight unseen. I just right. pick it up and I, I don't have to open it to see how the circumference of it. Right. I just go with it. But she needed to like tr- really try each one out. Yeah. Didn't work out well for her. Okay. Amanda Walker says, and this is the last one, pull down pants and underwear, sit on toilet, start to go and suddenly panic thinking I forgot to pull down said underwear. Just me or everyone. I think I have had this one in my life. I have things like that. Like I'll be driving and then I'll suddenly be like, oh shit, where's my key? My car key. Uh-huh. Um, mm, I've or, never had that. No. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Never had that. That might be a girl thing. A frequent one. Frequent that I have. This is sort of, this is one of the classic original Just Me or Everyone's that I think made me start doing What does that segment. mean, Just Me or Everyone? Oh, it's, um... It's like this thing that I'm saying or thinking or doing. Is it just me or is it everyone? I see. Oh, is it? I see. Just me or everyone. Yes. I thought you were saying just mirror everyone. Oh. No, you were saying just me or everyone. Yes. Okay. That's a just me. Because you keep thinking, just mirror everyone. That is a just me or everyone right there. Is anyone else hearing me say just mirror everyone? Sorry, I should have explained this a little bit better. No, it's fine. No, it's not. I it's should terrible. know better. What ha- I- here's the here's the genesis in Brooklyn. Fire truck goes by, and I think I'm walking outside uh, in my neighborhood, and I think to myself, "Uh oh, is it headed to my apartment? Did I leave my straining oh, yeah. iron oh, plugged sure, in?" Oh, sure, 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 And then I realized every time I see a fire truck and I'm anywhere near my apartment, yeah. I have that thought. Yeah. Does everyone? I do. Yeah. Here's the other one. I'll be in a public restroom and I'll suddenly wor- and in the stall, and then I'll worry that I'm in the men's room. Although, really, if I were in the men's room, I would have seen urinals on my way in. It, it, that has to do with not really having a clear understanding of what a men's room looks like. But I always worry I'm in the men's room. Hmm. I've never been in the men's room. You have the concept pretty, pretty much on the nose. <laughs> a really, <laughs> it looks like a ladies' a room, but stalls. with urinals, yeah. And urine everywhere is from my understanding. And farts, yes. Urine yes. and feces. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I wanna th- I'm trying to think if I have any of those. I'm sure I have many. Off the top of my head, I, we, I, as we keep talking, maybe I'll think of one. Okay. Well, actually, we're pretty much done. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, no, no. You know what, though? We are done. However, I have some stuff to tell the listeners. Yeah, you tell, talk to the listeners. And you and think, I of your just think of your just me or I want to think of it. Is it just me or, or mirror everyone? Just mirror everyone. Okay, keep continue. You guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which I know you are because they have everything, you could buy... Michael Showalter's book, Mr. Happy Pants. You could buy... Funny Pants. Oh, that's what I meant to say. My, I knew it. I just said it wrong. Uh, you could buy his book, Men, Men Can, Can Be, Be Cat Ladies Too. That's right. Um, and in fact, I wanted to ask, you were going to do a Cat Talk podcast. Yeah. It, 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 I, no. Too, I, I, yeah. It didn't happen. Didn't happen. But, the, I, but someday, maybe. Oh, I yeah. Say. For sure. For sure. I've, I've already subscribed to it. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm listener number one, and 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 of course, Michael Black and I have our own, our own podcast topics, topics. which, which uh, we haven't been able to be doing lately, but it's there. It's still around. It's still around. Okay, so all you people who Jeff were going to subscribe to Cat Talk or who already did, switch your subscription to topics. topics. But if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are, because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. 
but it helps out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of my website. We have t-shirts. You need one. Go to the website. There's a picture of a t-shirt on the right side. Click it. It says you need a shirt because uh, you do. And then it'll take you to the place where you can buy them. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need that. We also have... Touch the touch, touch the you need that one too. Touch and the there's, by the time touch, you hear this, the there will be more. You can get these most likely on iTunes. I'm in the process of getting them onto iTunes. Uh, so search the name of the ringtone on from your iPhone. Search the iTunes store. Uh, and also they are on Gumroad if you're not an iTunes person. That's G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com slash Allison Rosen. Gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen. Also we have bonus episodes available recorded. Uh, those are available in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Soon to be on Gumroad as well. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us A-R-I-Y-M-B-F-Show at gmail.com. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on social media at Colonel Jeff Fox and uh, possibly starting the Cat Chat podcast, filling that bucket that needs to be filled. Do it. Do it. Did you come up with any? It's okay if you didn't. I, I'll give you one, but it's not mine. It's a, This is a Colin Quinn okay. joke that I heard him tell many years ago, but it was one of those, oh my God, that's funny because it's true mm-hmm. jokes, which is you get into an elevator and you press like floor 10. And then someone else presses like floor seven and you're like, did you not, do you not see, see that, that I, I go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, are you not, <laughs> what do you think you're doing going right. to a floor that make is going to make me stop? Totally. That's everyone. Yeah. Um, tell- so, th- so it, it used in a sense, it would be, is it just me or is it everyone that when I press a higher floor and someone presses a lower floor, I'm mad at them. It's everyone. Yeah. I said everyone. Tell them where they should go to find you and plug the various things you would like to plug. Well, I, I'll, I mean, Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp is out is uh, out now on Netflix, and uh, uh, that's a whole lot of fun. And then, uh, Hello, My Name is Doris is going to be coming to a theater near you in March of 2016. So check it out. And uh, I, uh, I, I can be sometimes found on Twitter at, at mshowalter. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's always a a pleasure to be on your show, Allison. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen.